You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 219 of Podcateers. In this episode, we recap the chalk walk, and I know that we say this in the episode, but thank you all for your support. It truly means a lot to us that you helped to spread the word and made donations and gave us words of encouragement, even if you couldn't be at the walk itself. If you still want to make a donation, you can do so for about the next month. Just head on over to podcateers.com slash 219 for all of our donation links. Again, thank you all for your support. We also talk about Alex Hirsch's animation talents getting a new home for the next few years. We talk Bugs Land closing and also why Disney stopped construction of their new hotel. This episode of Podcateers was made possible by the contributions of listeners just like you via Patreon. We like to call those listeners our fairy godparents, but they've called themselves the FGP squad. You can become a part of the FGP squad for as little as $1 per month, but for a contribution of at least $5, you also get the exclusive Fairy Godparent button as a thank you for your support. If you would like more information about becoming a Fairy Godparent of our podcast, head on over to podcateers.com FGP. As always, a huge shout out goes out to all the members of the FGP squad. If you want to connect with us, check out all of our personal links over at podcateers.com slash team. Also, make sure to check out our videos on YouTube. We're at youtube.com slash podcateers and youtube.com slash Disney for two. And as they say on YouTube, smash that subscribe button 2018 style and ring that bell icon for notifications when we post new videos. And that is it. Let's get this episode started. Here is episode 219 of Podcateers. How you guys feeling? A little sore from that long walk we took. <laughs> Still achy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my watch, uh, there's this big discrepancy between yesterday and today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yesterday, it says that I walked, I don't know, like 16,000 steps or something <laughs> like that, like close to 17,000. And I looked at my watch today and it's at 505. <laughs> <laughs> So, I think my watch is broken. Nah. Our legs are broken. (laughs) Are you you sure about that? Because it seems like there's something wrong with it. (laughs) I don't know. Sounds pretty accurate to my experience. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the chalk walk is always fun. And so, before anything else, uh, I do want to take a moment to thank everybody that took a moment to donate to Team Boat Willie's efforts to raise some money for chalk. This year, we did set a goal for $5,000, which was essentially what we raised last year. So we were just trying to match what we did, but we ended up raising $1,960. Nice. Awesome. That's not chump change. No. You know, that is certainly money that is going to go to very good use by the Children's Hospital of Orange County. So to mm-hmm. everybody that took the time to donate, to all of the members of Team Boat Willie, of course, Gavin, Melissa, Disney for Two, FGP Albert, our buddy Jesse, uh, FGP Alexandra, our yeah. good friend Sarah and her mom, to our friend Courtney. Thank you all. You know, for right for walking with Team Boat Willie and helping us make a positive impact on this world. It was awesome. It was amazing. I'm looking forward to our next event. Absolutely. It was 
so much fun. It was, I feel like I showed up and, and did my job as a rookie. I, I feel really good about my performance. But I got to say, <laughs> that early morning start, and we all had late nights the night before. Yeah. I'm sure for the <laughs> the people that joined us, they were like, who are these zombies we're walking with? <laughs> and I apologize for my uh, exquisite zombiness on that morning, but I did have a great time. <laughs> Can we just talk about what happened with your donation pool? Because from the very beginning, <laughs> Gavin was very much about being the rookie sensation and taking after his mentor, Lightning McQueen, and really <laughs> coming up from behind and winning the Piston Cup, you know, like, like a champion does in Radiator Springs. And That's so right. Gavin, for the longest time, was kind of hovering around 40 bucks, 50 bucks. And then it just kind of sat there and he got worried. He, you know, I remember him telling me, oh, man, you know, I'm not getting any donations. It's really slow. <laughs> and one of the things that I admire about Gavin is his hustle. All right. Yeah. His hustle is there just like Melissa's. And all of a sudden I start seeing these drawings pop out and these like coasters are like, yeah, if you bid on this, you're entered to win. This. I was like, oh, my God, this he's going to get some donations for this. Next it thing awesome. we know, OK, Gavin comes up from behind in like the last two days right before the chalk walk <laughs> and he raised four hundred and fifteen dollars on his own. Wah, wah, wah. Yes. That was awesome. Bravo. In the clutch. Dude, seriously, you that is the prime example of turning left to turn right. You did it. You won the Piston Cup, buddy. I'm so proud of you, man. Your first time out, out for Team Boat Willie, and you knocked it out of the park. Well, it was right? a learning Rockstar. experience for sure, and I feel like we're going to be able to do even better next year. And by do better, you know, this it's not for us that we're doing it. We're doing it for Chalk, of course. And, right. Uh, you know, it was, it was cool to see. I was – blown away at the turnout of the chalk walk so i'm just thinking about our team you know we made a great effort and we pulled together an amazing amount of money and i just looked around at the thousands and thousands of people that were at the walk and thought if all of these people did even half of what we did holy crap good job everybody yeah yeah that was insane absolutely I mean, there are so many teams with tons of members. I mean, the Disneyland AP group itself is so huge, you know, and each mm -hmm. one of them does their part to bring in as much money as, as possible. And yeah. a lot of them had similar approaches as to what you did, right? They would auction mm -hmm. something off, something that's in the park, especially when it's a collectible item that is just difficult to get for people that are not in Southern California. And like you right. said, it was a learning experience. Last year... Uh, there was also the charm of it being our inaugural walk and, you know, being a part of something that just kicked off and being mm -hmm. part of something historic. And I'm yeah. saying historic, especially for podcasters, because it was yeah. something that was talked about for so long. And to have that impact, you know, on our first time out, I think was just so admirable, not just by our team members, but also by all the people that connected to our cause and were able to donate last year. I think the same thing happened this year, right? But I know that there's a lot of things going on in the world right now that some people can and can't donate, but 
regardless, we raise a lot of money and it's for a good cause. The next event that we're going to be doing is going to be, I want to say it's in November. I'll have more details for you in the upcoming weeks about that. But we're going to be raising money for cancer research because you know what? Cancer sucks. Word. And anybody that is suffering from that disease or has suffered from it and is now in a remission state, you guys know, you know, it's not something that a person goes through alone. It literally affects the family, the friends, and everyone around that person. So we're going to raise some money to try to eradicate cancer from this world. And that's going to be coming up soon. As far as a learning experience for this one, Gavin, you know, I think you had the right approach. You know, we either create custom items that we auction off uh, mm-hmm. Or maybe we get some of those collectible things that we've seen in the park that are just difficult for people to get. And the proceeds from those auctions and from those things that we sell will go uh, towards the donation pool. Right. You know, I think that mm-hmm. is a good way to approach it. I mean, I'm super thankful for everybody that donated towards uh, towards my personal goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I feel like I could have raised more if I had something to offer. Yeah, that may be. That may be. I think I think it's a good uh, vehicle to use when trying to raise money for something else. Um, so yeah, I think uh, we'll just we'll we'll definitely be able to offer more things for the next one and the next one, and you know that's kind of how we'll proceed. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what we can do. And like you said, you know everybody's got things going on. Uh, you know, I know that my followers um, on Instagram are a super positive, making the world a better place group of people. And so, you know, at a certain point when I wasn't getting as many donations as I thought I you know, would like to get, I had to remind myself that, you know, all the people that I'm showing this to are good people and they may have donated to other causes and we right. all can't donate to everything. We right. can't, you know, put all of our money, you know, in everybody's bucket, you know, we have to kind of pick and choose, unfortunately, what we're supporting. So yeah, super thanks to the to the people who contributed to our cause. And, you know, I think that's what it is, is is that if we keep a positive attitude, and, you know, we focus on, hey, we're trying to help where we're trying to help not, you know, pull impressive numbers or you know it's fun to have friendly competitions internally and say i'm gonna beat you this time you know but (laughs) you know that's not what it's about you know and and i i just i love team boat welly i think it's such a cool thing that this podcast is doing and it's one of the most exciting reasons why i was elated to get the chance to join this team and you know be a part of stuff like that so i'm excited about our next thing i was gonna say i wanted to say thank you to A lot of people. I mean, I know I'm not going to have names, but I've had many people not be able to donate, but they helped with even liking or Mm -hmm. sharing the links. Mm -hmm. Um, I've even had text messages saying, you know what? Have fun at the walk. I'll be there in spirit. I mean, things like that really add up and that really helps the team as well because you're you're kind of you're cheering us on, you know, and Mm -hmm. all of that. I really appreciate every single thing. So Thank you to everybody who helped us out one way or another. Absolutely. You know, to echo a little bit about what you guys said, I had some text messages from members of the team last year that couldn't make it out this year because they had other obligations. And 
completely understandable, right? This is the end of summer vacation. People are just going back to school. They're spending money on school supplies, on their kids, school uniforms. That's why we completely understand. And the one thing that I want to tell you is, again, to echo what Melissa and Gavin were saying, don't feel bad about it. Your support by liking the post and retweeting and reposting and cheering us on, that raises our morale. That makes us want to go out and continue doing better. You know, so if you couldn't make it out this year, you know, maybe you'll make it out to a future event. It's not we're not holding a grudge or anything like we love (laughs) you guys. We love your support and we truly appreciate it. So that I mean, like I said, it's our attempt to try to make this world a better place. And if we can have any tiny impact, that's what's important. Agreed. Okay, so uh, yeah, so our, our feet hurt. (laughs) <laughs> feet hips legs everything <laughs> yeah i realized that i need better insoles in my shoes <laughs> i mean I, I got some pretty can decent make a difference yeah i mean i got some pretty decent walking shoes but yeah look you know look two years ago you guys remember when i did that like biggest loser challenge yes work? Mm-hmm. okay so i learned a couple of things from that thing one of them was, I'm never doing that again, <laughs> okay? And I'm not doing it again because I can't do it. Because I realized when I did that competition that I have it in me. I do uh, have everything it takes to be able to lose the weight. The harder part was keeping it off. And at mm-hmm. the end of, I mean, this yeah. was a 90-day competition. The worst thing that happened in that 90 days was it was so unhealthy for me to lose 72 pounds in 90 days that I was hurt by the end of the competition because I hurt my back, I hurt my ankle, and I could barely move by the end of it. I mean, there were days that I was killing myself and just, you know, taking painkillers to get through a 15-mile walk to try to win that thing. And I totally lost sight of why I started it. The whole reason I started it was because I wanted to be better, you know, health wise. I wanted to lead a better life as, as far as like how I was eating, you know, minimize sugar and all that stuff. And literally for the first month or so, that's how it started. I felt great. You know, I felt I was making positive changes. And then at every weigh in, you know, I started to believe like, wow, I can actually win this thing. The farther along the competition went, the more I pushed myself because I got in my head that I could win it. And I lost sight of the whole just be healthy thing, which is what I started. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday's walk reminded me by the end. I mean, I was so tired. Like I needed water. I felt dehydrated, which is fine, right? Everybody gets dehydrated walking. Yeah. But the way that my feet hurt and my lower back was hurting – I just thought to myself, man, if I had a little bit more conditioning, I don't think I would have felt as bad as I did. Mm -hmm. And so it really wants to shift me back into that mindset where even if I make it a weekly goal to walk the 15 minutes a day that I was walking before, pretty much start where I started, square one, follow the same type of plan with the exception of the competition aspect. Because I think that's really what killed it for me. The fact that there was a prize on the line is why I lost sight of what my actual goal was. And that was to be healthy. I think if I can start that again, and if I can get, I don't know, maybe a group of people, a small group, you know, just to help support what I'm doing. And maybe I can support them, 
you know, maybe we can do this together. I don't know. I realize I can't do it without the support of other people. And that sucks to say. I have to be honest with myself and keep myself on check. I have to admit that, especially when it comes to weight loss, I can't do it by myself. It didn't mm-hmm. work. It hasn't worked. And it won't work because I just know how my mind works. So the idea is, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but maybe we'll set up a Facebook group or maybe we'll set up like a forum on the Podcateers website. But I want to give it some cheesy name like Podcateers Fit. You know, I remember <laughs> I remember joking about that, you know, some time ago, but. I don't know. I think our community is growing at a pretty good rate. And I know for a fact that there's a lot of people in the Podcateers fam that struggle with the same type of thing that I do. And so if we can support each other, I think we'll all be more successful. And even the ones that that don't need it, right? I mean, there's some people that just like to be fit. And, you know, some people just don't like bacon or they, you know, they're vegan or whatever. And I'm not going to hold that against anybody. Wait, none of our (laughs) listeners. I mean, I'm not going to hold that against anybody. (laughs) But, you know, it's a a life change. It's a life choice. And uh, to anybody that's going through that struggle right now, I commend you if you've been able to keep up with it because I understand how difficult it is. And to those that want to start, I can tell you there is hope because I've done it and I want to do it again. And so if any of you guys are interested in doing something like that, you know, send us a DM. You don't have to publicly post it or anything, especially if you're not comfortable with something like that. But maybe we'll set up like a monthly or bi-monthly meeting at Disneyland and we'll do like a 30 minute walk around the parks right like it'll be be it'll be like an accelerated walk to get that heart rate pumping and after that we'll just kind of get together ride a couple of rides and you know we'll have you know we'll have our own fun day or something i don't know we can we can discuss what we want to do but if any of you guys are interested in doing something like that i could tell you that after yesterday's chalk walk i really felt like i needed it so (laughs) the offer is out there i'm willing to start something like that if you guys are willing to participate the the key to walking in the park successfully is not stopping for photo ops. Oh, dude. <laughs> or churros. If you do that, you're never going to get that heart rate up. Or churros. That's the or hard churros. part. Or the hammy turkey legs. No. <laughs> you know what's a good walk? Huh? From Main Street Station to Toontown and back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just doing that is just... That's what, a mile already? Just about, yeah. I think especially for people with Fitbits and stuff like that, Yeah, it doesn't seem like it makes a difference, but gamifying what you're doing really does help you. And I don't mean gamifying mm-hmm. it like, there's $100 on the line. No, I, I'm over that part of it. I don't want to mm-hmm. do that anymore. I want the, the friendly, like, you know, years ago, we did Weight Watchers. And I know this is way beyond Disney talk at this point, but I, you know, I, this is, this is one of those like soul searching moments, right? <laughs> and like years ago, I did Weight Watchers and I thought it was the coolest thing ever because we would meet every week and then you would get extra points for, you know, doing exercise and stuff like that. You can eat some more junk food, but you get to this point where you just think to yourself, man, I just walked three miles. Do I really want that donut? I'm going to have to walk another mile tomorrow just to burn it off. And your mindset changes. Like people Mm -hmm. don't believe me when I tell them that first month when your body begins to detox, 
I mean, the first two weeks are super hard because your body rebels and like you get like sweats and you get fevers and you feel like you're going to throw up because your body wants that sugar. By week three, if you've been really good about it, it stops craving it. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know the precise science behind it. But I can tell you from personal experience, by the end of that first month, you don't even crave sugar, especially if you've gotten into the habit of 15 minutes walking every day, 20 minutes walking every day, whatever the case is. The point is start five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you can handle. Walk up a flight of stairs. Make it, make it a point to walk up one flight of stairs every day. Trust me, by the end of the week, you'll notice a difference, and it does help. So, again, I'm just throwing it out there. I know I said it already, but I'm throwing it out there. <laughs> if anyone is interested, I want to be fully prepared for the next walk. I don't want to be huffing Heck and yeah. puffing. Not that there was because it was a brisk shuffle. I think is what uh, Gavin called yeah, it. Yeah, there was no briskness to it. I think that's what Gavin called it. It, it worked its way up to a stroll <laughs> at times. But, I mean, it it is super packed when you do these things. But, yeah, I, I mean, they're fun. That. And I know it goes against everything that I just said, but maybe next year to raise some money, we'll have like a pancake breakfast or something. (laughs) (laughs) I know, totally against what I just said. But anyway, that's what it is. So we're going to. There are cheat days. So. Oh, yeah. You're good. There are cheat days. You're good. There are cheat days. I mean, to be fair, yeah, usually like when athletes go through like a, a huge session of training in preparation for a major event on the day before the morning of they carb up yeah. big time yep. for that energy boost so yeah. i mean you know we could make that work yeah i we think we could so. be like rocky for a whole month and then <laughs> be like you know stuffing our face with pancakes on that last day dude you know what's crazy uh you guys know the rock right dwayne johnson Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On his cheat days, he has like four dozen donuts, 12 hamburgers. Like it's insane what he puts what? into his body on his cheat days. That's because his metabolism is through the roof. Yes. That's true. <laughs> yes. That's true. I mean, he never stops going to the gym. I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do <laughs> or that's what other people have to do. I'm just saying it is impressive what he can woof down on a cheat day and still look like <laughs> the most electrifying man in entertainment. I had to say it like that. I'm you gotta sorry. You got to do the eyebrow raise. I can't do I the eyebrow raise. I'm surprised that. you didn't go with the if you know. If, if you smell what the rock is cooking. Rock I don't think cooking. he said yeah. that in so long. That's a callback. It's been a while. That's the callback to my old wrestling days. Yeah, usually now you just go to uh, your welcome. That's right. <laughs> That's right. What can He's I so say good. except you're welcome? <laughs> so anyway, uh, again, thank you very much to everybody for the Chalk Walk. More information on our next event will be coming up. So keep an eye out on our social media for all of that. If you guys aren't following us, we are at Podketeers. And not... K-A. It's not podcutiers. It's podketiers, like podcasting mouse ketiers. So P-O-D-K-E-T-E-E-R-S. If you guys are new to the podcast, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. Make sure that you guys are following us for information about stuff that we're doing, on cool posts on the website, uh, retweets and reposts uh, from some of our Disney friends and just cool things that we find around the internet. So check us out, follow us, subscribe to us on YouTube, all that good stuff. 
as I say <laughs> in the videos, all that blah 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 that comes along with it. So you know <laughs> how it goes. Melissa, yeah, World of Disney recently yeah. was undergoing some renovation. Mm-hmm. And you brought up something that I thought was just fascinating. We've been teasing Gavin with Wait, this. Yeah, I was going to say, we need some backstory here. These right. two have been holding out on me for weeks, dangling this carrot in front of me. I have no idea what's about to come. So I expect a big surprise. So, and go. you know what? I'm surprised you didn't find it when you said you went in there. I did go in there. So I don't know what it is that you're talking about. <laughs> Either I didn't find it impressive or I totally missed it. And I think I totally missed it. I think you totally missed it because (laughs) once you know it's there, you're Mm -hmm. going to notice it every time. And more importantly, you're going to make it a point to seek it out. Sweet. Right. Okay. Well, I will be there tomorrow night to test oh. this whole theory out. And you should okay. take pictures and post it in the Instagram story. And by the way, before okay, I continue, I props to both of you guys. Thank you for uh, posting to the Instagram stories during the chalk walk. You guys did awesome. I know a lot of people really enjoyed seeing all of the posts that you guys were putting up. You're welcome. Melissa did the bulk of the work. It was all good. You did more <laughs> of the shuffling. I did more of the shuffling. <laughs> Although okay. I did I did do some work for the blog or the vlog, sorry, I always do that. Yes. The vlog. True which that. I can't wait to see as well. I'm I can't wait to see it either. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. What <laughs> so, what it's not out yet? No. Here's what happened. <laughs> so we were gung ho about vlogging the whole thing and I remember every year that we've done the chalk walk just thinking, Man, there's all these cool facts. <laughs> about chalk throughout the park we should read them out you know like let people know about what happens and you know and and we kind of did it for three of them but then it would get so crowded in front of these signs and we couldn't necessarily continue stopping because we were making people angry there's this flood of people trying to get by and when i'm standing there with a camera trying to hold people back not it's okay guys we're filming a vlog people are looking <laughs> at me like i'm crazy so we kind of stopped after the first few at the end, we got together for breakfast, went to Tangaroa Terrace like we have in the past. And at breakfast, everybody just began to crash out because we were so Super tired. Crash. And it, I mean, the, the carbs, you know, from our breakfast, you know, just kind of made us sleepy. We didn't want to do anything. And my mm-hmm. idea was to quickly, you know, vlog during breakfast and then go back to the park and write a couple things and then close the vlog out. Dude, I didn't vlog at all. Once we got to Tangaroa Terrace, I remember recording a video of the sign that's at Tangaroa Terrace, and then two things happened. One, my phone ran out of space, and so I spent most of the time trying to move stuff onto a memory Mm -hmm. card so that Mm -hmm. I can keep recording. And the second thing was... I was too tired and I just completely forgot to vlog. And so we went back to the park and we hung out. You know, we hung out with Jesse and Albert and uh, some of our family members. Quick shout out to my cousins, Tiffany and John, who ended up meeting us in the park. Uh, After a while, we just were so tired. I completely forgot I had everything with me. And as we're walking out of Disneyland, I looked at Lynette and I said, you know what? I haven't closed out the vlog. I don't have any vlog content after getting to Tangaroa Terrace. And so I asked Jesse if he would sit with me to at least do a final like, hey, you know, thank you for watching this video. And so we recorded a quick little two minute piece for the end of the vlog. But literally, it's like all walking, get to Tangaroa Terrace, and then nothing. 
It'll be like one of those movies where it'll just fade to black and then it'll have like white script that says the podcasters later went on to eat breakfast at Tangaroa Terrace. <laughs> oh my god, yes. I'm going to have to employ that technique. So you thank should. you for that. Mm-hmm. Can I go back to the story? Yes, I'm we sorry. Got sidetracked. I'm sorry. We got so sidetracked. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, just so back dangling that carrot. Back to World of Disney. Let's wait another week to tell Gavin. Right? <laughs> Let's just push it back until like December. Okay. Oh. So, what's your biggest passion, Gavin, regarding um, Disney? Regarding Disney? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> it's Disney attractions, Disney parks, draw, and uh-huh. paint. Maybe some animation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what I found out was in the store, mm-hmm. if you go up to the cash registers, the registers' desks are replicas of the nine old men's, their animation desks. And like on top their of the specific desks? Because mm-hmm. I did notice that they looked like animation desks with like the flat files and everything. So if you look on the desk, uh-huh. you'll see their art on there. Really? Yes. See, I should have bought something. I never bought anything from <laughs> <in> there. <laughs> and I did not know of this until um, I was with Jill, and she went to go buy something. And I'm looking, I'm like, oh, look, Maleficent. Hey, Hitchhiking goes, hey, what's going on? And the cast members told us that they're replicas of oh, the desk. Oh, man. And that I'm is like, so cool. This is awesome. So I'm trying to take pictures, and I'm like, I don't want to keep taking pictures of the... I kind of felt weird, but... <laughs> I would have done it's it. It's really... <laughs> I'm not going to feel weird. <laughs> I'll do I, I have some, and... I was stopping I just, people I... at Chalk Walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You know what's funny? You know, I did notice those, but I, I only looked at them from afar. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. They, they kind of made them look like art desks from animators, and but I didn't realize they were that specific and detailed. Uh-huh. And, and when I was there, after you'd kind of told me there was something to look for, I was looking up high. Like, I was looking at the ceilings <laughs> and on the columns and on the walls. I was like, is there going to be, like, some sort of shadow or some kind of animated effect somewhere or some beam of light is going to shine in and illuminate something? Like I was like – I was, and I, there was a point where I just sat there and just looked at the ceiling for, like, 15 minutes waiting for something to happen. <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> After dangling it in front of Gavin for three weeks. <laughs> no, Joe, we wanted to talk about this three weeks ago. And every week we just kept forgetting to bring it up and kept forgetting to bring it up. So right. I think once you see it, I think right now the fact that you were staring at the ceiling was like, oh, that's what I missed out on. <laughs> but when you're there, you're going to see them. And I know your face is going to light up like a child. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to get a good yeah. look at them. I, if I would have known that there was something more to look at at those desks, I definitely would have gone up there and been creepy about it. And the cast members, they were really, really nice. And they were really excited to talk about it. So that's definitely cool. ask questions. That's really cool. So I wonder... What else is going to be revealed in the second half of the store when they open that up? I wonder if it will be just like a mirror image, like more of the same on that end. Because don't they have a bank of registers on that side too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, you'll have so to look I'll... at the ceiling for a beam of light. <laughs> <sighs> I probably will. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's I'm gonna excited. be the joke from now on. Hey, Gavin, there's a beam of light in the ceiling in that room over there. Go, go check it out. <laughs> Squirrel. I have a flashlight. 
we'll get a flashlight like the bat signal but we'll put like a mickey like the uh mickey ears or we'll do like the podcateer symbol right and we'll we'll put that on a flashlight we'll just beam it up into the sky oh, just man. this idiot in the middle of market house looking at the ceiling for half an hour <laughs> they're calling us we must go podcast <laughs> So do those, do those desks, like, do they have a specific one for each of the nine old men? Or is it just kind of in general, these are like the desks they would have used? Uh, they have each man. Oh, okay. So the one that I saw was uh, Mark Davis's uh, oh, desk. Oh, the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. So when I, I started seeing, I was like, oh, like, it's so cool. It's, awesome. I like it. Very cool. Gavin, if you do end up going tomorrow... If you can post some pictures in the Instagram story, make sure to send me copies of them so I can put them in the blog post. And cool. uh, at least we'll be able to show some of the desks in, in in the blog post for the episode. Make sure to go check it out. It'll be over at podcasters.com slash 219 if you guys want to see what they look like. And I'm telling you, dude, once you see them, you're just it, it's going to be like a little kid in a candy store. <laughs> or, or a Gavin in an animation desk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of animation, uh, I did want to talk about something that that just was announced today, actually. And it kind of caught me off guard. I don't know exactly how I feel about this. The news broke earlier today that Alex Hirsch, you know, our beloved animator friend who brought us Gravity Falls and also Mm -hmm. wrote and worked on fish hooks and stuff like that, has signed a multi-year deal with netflix whoa yeah multi-year that's exciting yeah so it looks like alex hirsch is going to be working and concentrating more on adult type content you know netflix has really been pushing the envelope as far as what they've been doing with their adult content with shows like Bojack Horseman Mm -hmm. uh, and Castlevania coming back in October. Recently, they had Matt Groening's uh, fantasy series Disenchanted, which I know you've been watching, Melissa. I finished it and I'm going to watch it again. Yeah, is it that good? (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Is it more like Simpsons or more Futurama or how would you compare it? It's a mix because you have the Simpsons style, but you've got... Futurama's witty humor, but it goes dark. Oh, interesting. So if you like that, then yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, like I was saying, Netflix is really pushing that adult content, right? Like I think Mm -hmm. a lot of companies and a lot of media production companies have really come to see that adults like cartoons, Right. We're in an era where like Adult Swim on Comedy Central and stuff like that is huge. And these these animated series, they give us that childlike aspect of the animation. Plus, a lot of animation is really sophisticated when you combine it with a little bit dark humor and stuff like that. It appeals to a lot of adults. Right. The fact that Alex Hirsch is going to Netflix to produce that type of content I think is a blow to the Disney company because Gravity Falls was a huge success. And Gravity Falls is one of those animated series that's just so intelligently written. And it's so multi-layered that I think children and adults just enjoyed the series for the humor, the mystery that went along with the series. And to have someone like Alex Hirsch 
no longer on your roster to produce that type of content when your own streaming service is just around the corner and you're looking to produce original content, that's a huge win for Netflix, right? Right. Yeah, I think Disney does it to themselves, though. You've got a true artist and entrepreneur in a guy like Alex Hirsch, and he had to fight tooth and nail and make a deal with some other company just to get his show released on Blu-ray and DVD. Right. You know, that's right. I mean, that that's the thing. And, and we've talked about it on the Animation Station podcast several times. Uh, shout out to my boy Josh over at ASP. Josh. And, you know, it's a shame that Disney doesn't appreciate what it has with its Disney Channel shows. There is a huge audience who would buy up series after series on Blu-ray and DVD and maybe they're saving it for the streaming. I don't know. But for decades now, they've missed the boat on this whole uh, TV on DVD craze, you know. And, you know, the fact that artists like Alex can't get their work put out there, uh, you know, it's shown once on Disney and then hopefully it gets a run on Netflix or Hulu. But it's never sold after that. And there's no merchandise being made after that. And that's a shame because these things have cult followings and they would be incredible revenue generators i kind of see gravity falls in the same kind of camp as something like nightmare before christmas which you know it did okay when it came out but it has become this insane revenue generating entity because of its massive and ever-growing cult following and gravity falls is the same thing if they can find a way to put product behind it it it'll it'll grow but Disney, for whatever reason, they just don't, you know, put that sort of effort forth with their TV shows. And so I don't blame Alex for jumping ship and, and finding other other pastures because that dude is a genius. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he needs to be appreciated. And I hope Netflix is a great place for him to flourish because as an animation lover, I just want to see more work from him. I ultimately don't care under what label it it comes, you know, like that doesn't matter as much to me. But I agree with you that it's sad that Disney lost his genius. But I, I, I think they do it to themselves. And I don't know what his deal was at the end of Disney. And yes, it has been difficult for him to produce Gravity Falls outside of the series. I don't even know if that's going to end up on the network. It should, you know, I yeah. think because Disney owns Gravity Falls at this point. But Ah, I'm excited to see what's coming. I am too. I'm really excited. And do we know any details about what he's been hired to do? Like, is it specifically for an animated series or animated features? There's not a lot of information that was released with the announcement. I do know that they said that he signed under a multi-year deal. And he's not just going to do animation. He's going to be doing other projects with Netflix as well. So whether he's producing his own series, you know, some kind of Gravity Falls type show or something that's more adult. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. But he may also be helping produce other people's content so that it fits that adult demographic that Netflix is trying to cater to with their new animated series. That's interesting. It kind of makes sense, um, the adult angle, because he's really close friends with the creator of Rick and Morty and they have Easter eggs of each other's shows, you know, in those two shows. And so so I I can see, I can definitely see him, you know, wanting to kind of get in on that action because, you know, Rick and Morty's huge. I mean, it's just giant. And, 
you know, Gravity Falls could have been that big, but I, you know, again, I don't want to say that all again, but you know, you know where I'm coming from. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm just going to toss this out there. Hey, Sam, I know you're listening, buddy. For your next Popzilla show, maybe you need to do a Gravity Falls show. Oh, heck yes. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm just yes. throwing <laughs> it out there. So, buddy, I know you're listening. Let's do a Gravity Falls that show. That would be amazing. I'm just going to put that right there. That would be a fun one. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to put Definitely. that right there. Also, <laughs> also, hashtag Hershon Pocketeers. Word. Word. <laughs> Alex, I know you're not listening right now. <laughs> yet. <laughs> but I may still have all the graphics from the original run of when we tried to get you on the podcast the first time, which was not successful because right. there is no chat with Alex Hirsch. But now that he's not going to be working for Disney, it might yeah. be easier to get him on the podcast. Maybe Disney was holding him back saying Maybe. you can't do any podcasts. Maybe. Nice. So hashtag Hirsch on Podcasters. <laughs> uh, so speaking of the service, Disney, you know, announced last year that they were going to be doing their own streaming service to compete with companies like Netflix and Hulu, Amazon Video, YouTube TV. I ended up writing an article about this and posted it on the Podcasters website. If you guys want to check it out, head over to podcasters.com. You'll see it in the recent posts section, or you can go to podcasters.com slash blog and get access to that article there. We didn't know a lot about the service last year when they announced it. All we knew is that Disney said, we're going to do our own Netflix-type service. And that's where they left it. And they dangled the carrot like we dangled this animator's <laughs> desk thing in front of Gavin, except much longer. <laughs> yeah. Today, there was an article by Variety. Uh, they had a chance to sit down with Disney CEO Bob Iger. And he talked about how the service is tentatively called Disney Play. That shouldn't be confused with the current Parks app yeah. called Play Disney. Disney, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, super confusing. And it is scheduled to launch the second half of 2019. And the idea is to migrate all of the series that Disney has, like all of their films and all their TV shows that they had on services like Netflix, for instance, over to this brand new platform that they're creating. The only content that we know for sure is not going to be on there when it launches are the first six films from the Star Wars franchise because mm -hmm. TBS currently owns the television rights for those six movies until 2022, which at that point, I know Disney will promptly put those back. They probably have them already sitting dibs. on a hard drive somewhere yeah with a <laughs> timer. Disney yeah. dibs yeah there's a timer <laughs> on that we also don't know exactly how much of the fox content is going to be on the streaming service but one of the best things that came out of this article when they talked to bob Iger, and this is something they've always said is that they wanted to compete with netflix's pricing and he says that uh, it's going to be under the eight ninety nine Netflix bottom tier. No way. What? Yeah, so that's kind of where they're aiming right now. But is it going to be tiered itself? They haven't said that it's tiered. This is what happened. So there was some analysts that had spoken to Variety about you know this talk with Bob Iger. And they told Variety that in order for the Disney Play app to break even, they would need approximately 40 million subscribers paying a minimum of $6 a month. So that means that the sweet spot is somewhere between $6 and $8.99, which is what con uh, Netflix is currently charging. Mm -hmm. So 
theoretically speaking, if Disney does something like our service is $8.49, technically they are under what Netflix charges, right? <laughs> and they're over the minimum $6 fee that would help them break even on this new service. Because setting something like this up, it does cost a lot of money. When you sure. think of the bandwidth and you think of how you're going to distribute that content to people, it does take a lot of money to do it. So I can understand. But it kind of shocked me that they were going to try to keep it under that $9 mark, which is right about what Netflix is charging. Uh, but Bob Iger did say that as they add new content, the service fee may go up. How much? I don't know. He didn't specifically hmm. say that. But it is going to at least start, you know, a, right about that Netflix pricing range. So when they say when we add more content, does that mean new content or does that mean not all of the content is going to be available right off the bat? That's a great question. So I think at the beginning, they're going to launch primarily with some of the series that they already have, a lot of the films that they already have, stuff that they're pulling off of Netflix. Uh, I know for sure that as far as all the stuff that they have on Netflix, like Moana and all these other films that they've put on there, that's definitely going. The stuff that's staying on Netflix are the Netflix original series like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, The Defenders, you know, Daredevil. All that stuff is staying because that was technically a Netflix produced uh, mm -hmm. product, even though it's a joint venture with Marvel. But right. all the other stuff, Civil War, Iron Man, all the Marvel films themselves are going to migrate over to the Disney streaming service. What about things like Touchstone Pictures films? Are those going to be there? You know what? I don't know. Uh, there huh. hasn't been a lot of mention about the Touchstone films. Yeah. I want to know if they're going to include the vault and... Right. Other items that's, like the shorts. Of course, yes. that's the big question. Yeah, yeah. I'll I pay. <laughs> I remember us talking about that, and yeah. I think I had mentioned that I would go as far as like maybe twenty bucks for all of that, if they went as far as including everything that's in the vault, all the shorts, all yeah. the yeah. like, all those special edition every tins. Mickey, every Donald Duck, every exactly. Goofy, all the cartoons. Exactly. Yes. If they yeah. went as far as offering everything in the archive maybe not like the televised specials or something like that like maybe if they made those um like a special event type thing i think there's a lot of potential for increasing or adding those tiers because even when we had the last talk about this we talked about a tiered system right where like yeah. the bottom tier would give you all the movies but the next tier would give you all the movies and the tv shows next tier would give you everything in the archive and i would be fine with that you know, just depending on how they tiered it out. Uh, but that's what we know so far. It looks like the pricing is going to start somewhere between 8 and $9 or the eight ninety nine price range. For sure, they're going to pull some TV shows and all the films. I wonder if they're going to bring over shows like Lizzie McGuire and Kim Possible <laughs> and all that stuff that used to be yeah. on Disney Channel. Uh, I think that would be good because a lot that of those shows be. are no longer in syndication. But I think mm -hmm. a lot of people our age grew up with those shows. And a lot of kids, you know, these days, I think, might enjoy watching them as much as they like watching things like Bizarre Vark and Camp Kikiwaka and all that stuff. Sure. So it's interesting. I'm looking forward to what they end up producing. And I just it's just weird that they ended up calling it Disney Play. I agree. That's so awkward. close to the app that's in the <clears throat> parks right now. It's a little yeah. confusing. 
Yeah, I agree. I'm sure it'll change. Yeah, they did say it's a tentative title, but I mean, uh, they couldn't come up with a better title. (laughs) Okay, I have a question for you guys. Sure. Yes. Let's hypothetically say that the streaming service comes out and they're offering the entire catalog, including the vault. What's the number one thing you want to see that you can't see right now? Oh, good question. Oh. I think the very, very first thing that I would want to see is Song of the South. I was thinking that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if they'll bring that one out, but. (laughs) I mean, who knows? That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah. That's that's a topic for a whole other show. But yeah, uh, I mean, I'm kind of 50 50 on that one, whether or not it should be vaulted or not. The one thing I think I would want to see is the original Disneyland show that they had before the park opened. Mm-hmm. The opening um, one? No, like the weekly show. No, right? the oh, weekly the show. They ran for like yeah. two years before it opened. Yeah. That would be something I would like to see. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. I mean, stuff we don't really have access to. Right. Because, I mean, the movies, they come out, they go in the vault, whatever. I mean, I'm not saying that's not, I would want all that too, but things like that. Like, mm-hmm. that's something I would pay big bucks for. Yeah, yeah. that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the one thing I would try to pull up first, and it's it would just t- be a total guilty pleasure, is I would love to, because I never watched it when it was actually on TV, but the new Mickey Mouse Club with Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and oh, Justin dude. Timberlake and Ryan Gosling and, like, all the people who are, like, mega stars now totally. to see them when they're, like... 13 yeah. years old like i think that would be really neat to go back and look at like where they got their start yeah that would be a good one. <laughs> i didn't even think about that yeah, yeah. that's a great so one i think i'd i'd go there first i don't know if, how long i'd last but <laughs> i would definitely run on to check it out that would be your assignment you have to watch and report on each episode nice <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean, man, those are some great choices. Uh, I agree with you, Melissa. You know, if they added all those old TV shows, especially just to kind of see how Walt's gears were cranking as the ideas for the park were coming, man, that would be so good to watch. Ah! Right, <laughs> just, and then just go just right to Disneyland so right bad. after. Ah, I'm just going to give out those <laughs> tours. Remember when we were walking through the hotel and I was playing tour guide and I was telling people <laughs> yeah. about stuff? I would do that at Disneyland. I'm going to have my own walk in Hazen's footsteps. Walk in <laughs> Hazen's memories of Walt's footsteps. <laughs> and then we'll walk through and I'll be like, this is where I was sitting the first time I learned about Walt Disney. This is the first time I learned that people called Imagineers built this park. <laughs> this is the first time I ate a churro noticing the Main Street loop and how amazing the soundtrack was. <laughs> So coming in 2021, Hazen's walk in Walt's footsteps as he remembers it, even though he probably won't because he's got a bad memory sometimes. <laughs> Patent pending. Maybe we should work on that title, buddy. <laughs> is it too long? Is that what it is? <laughs> Among other things. <laughs> you know what? That would be, I think that would be, that would make a great blog to have our earliest photos at Disneyland. Ooh. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. I've got an awesome one with my little brother and Mary Poppins when she's wearing just her regular outfit, not the Jolly Holiday outfit, which she's always in now. 
Wow. But the gray and navy blue with the red buttons. Oh, my gosh. It's so cool. It's one <laughs> of my favorite I've pictures. I have ever seen her in the other one. Well, I mean, this was in 1986. So, Whoa. yeah, it was yeah, it was awesome. And it's one of my favorite pictures. I wish I was in it. Uh, it always works <laughs> out like that. Is that your older sibling? <laughs> little brother. Oh, little brother. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised. Usually it's the older ones that are in the photos. Well, I think maybe even as a kid, I wasn't really into the character pictures. Huh. Just, just not my bag. <laughs> Interesting. Although I did take two character selfies on the chalk walk, which <laughs> you I, made was, up. I was kind of proud of. <laughs> I was proud of you for doing that. Way to go, man. Way to go. <laughs> I'm slowly getting there. <laughs> Dude, by next year, you're going to be like, oh, my God, when's Tiana coming out? Oh, my God. Where's Facilier? Ah, where's Pinocchio? Did you see Pinocchio and Geppetto? Uh, I didn't. Where were they? They I, were in Fantasyland in front of Monstro. You know what? We no, were, um, because I was looking to the right at Alice and yeah. um, Mad Hatter. Oh, I no. In the teacup. I did not yeah. see no. them. Well, first I was looking at the princesses on King Arthur Carousel, which I thought that was cool. Word. They're really spread out, though. I think they should have had a like a even half dozen on there instead of just three. Well, there but, were, yeah, they usually have more of them on there. Yeah, there was just three there. Maybe yeah. they were on a break. I don't know. Uh, and then I just kind of followed that same path on the side there and ended up seeing the Mad Hatter and Alice in the teacups. I don't even think I ever even looked left to see – uh, storybook oh, land. No. <laughs> I totally missed it. Dude, that's horrible. That's like, that's your thing, dude. Well, to be fair, I did see them just a few weeks ago at Disneyland's birthday because they were part of the 63 characters. Yeah, and but I mean, this, I mean, if you stop to do other selfies with characters, yeah, I, I feel bad because yeah. they were just right behind the little fence, were right before you board the boats. Mm-hmm. Ah, man, I should have said something. I feel uh, bad I missed now. it. Yep. Ah, uh, hashtag well, thanks, what? Hazen. Next year. <laughs> next year. I Yeah, I hope they're out next year because now I feel bad. I've never seen them out before. Really? Really? Yeah, I've never seen them out before, especially for Chalk Walk, which is why it was so surprising that they were there this time. The only oh. character that I saw that I'd never seen before and didn't even know they were a park character was Boo. And yeah. that, that was really cool oh to God, see Boo. Oh, yes. She looks so cute. <laughs> we, um, yeah, my wife and I are huge fans of Boo. Nice. Before before we had our kids, we would imagine kids together, and Boo was one of those characters. We're like, oh, my God, imagine <laughs> if our baby looked like Boo. She's so cute. <laughs> and then we oh, had two hilarious. boys. Yep. That looked nothing like Boo. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. They're cute. You guys are cute. You hear me? Daddy loves you. <laughs> what were we talking about? Yeah, I how totally did we get back track. to chalk? I can't even remember. <laughs> um, oh we were talking about the streaming service. Oh, so the streaming service, watch. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to keep an eye out on the information about the streaming service. I have to think that... With D23 next year and, you know, their tentative release being early fall, 
they're going to announce it at D23. And oh, yeah. most of the details will be released then. And yep. then, you know, a month or two later is when the service will just kick off. And I don't know, maybe for attendees at D23, they get six months for free or something. He said, hoping that that's what Disney does for attendees. <laughs> Hashtag they listen. That's right. <laughs> Look it up, Bobby. Uh <laughs> Oh, man, there's so much that I wanted to talk about. I don't want to not say this because, you know, if you're listening to this on launch week, Bugs Land is closing, guys. If you haven't yep. had a chance to go visit Bugs Land, it closes, I want to say, September 3rd. Yes. It is, right? September 3rd. Yes. Uh-huh. So if you're listening to this on launch day, then make sure that if you have a chance, go down, get a few pictures around Bugs Land because it's, it's going to go away. We're going to get that Marvel-themed area you know, in a couple of years. I mean, is there anything in Bugsland that you guys are going to miss? Uh, the only thing that I'm going to miss, I've been missing for weeks already, which is it's tough to be a bug. But it's been closed for like a month and a half already. So that's really the thing you're going to miss the most from there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a land designed for little kids. And I have ridden... Um, Francis's Ladybug Shuffle. Boogie. That? Boogie. That's what it is. I yes. got Shuffle on the brain from that 5K Shuffle <laughs> we did. Uh, <laughs> I rode that once with some friends who have a little kid, and that's what they wanted to ride. And then I've ridden Heimlich like three or four times because Heimlich is one of my all-time favorite characters, and he's freaking hilarious. Uh, but really, the only attraction in there that I really dug was uh, It's Tough to Be a Bug. And I thought that was a dynamite attraction i was always disappointed that it was never full and you know i i've said it before but i feel like that type of attraction is on its way out in general they don't use any of the theaters in either park and there's three of them they don't use any of them for actual attractions anymore they use them for previews or if they're going to show you some short films from pixar but none of them are show attractions anymore and i think that's becoming a thing of the past i don't think people want to go to that kind of thing and that makes me a little sad because i do enjoy that type of attraction do you think that putting the previews in those areas is a temporary fix because the show building's already there and it can serve that purpose and eventually they're going to retrofit it to fit some kind of other attraction or like you said do you think it's just a thing of the past and we'll never see something like that again Yeah, I I think it's a thing of the past. I think if they build any more theaters, they're going to specifically be designed to be easily reskinned for previews for upcoming movies. I think that's going to be what they that's that's the only time I hear people even talk about those theaters is, oh, did you see the new, you know, whatever trailers coming out? They don't have any currently, um, but, you know, that's that's the only time I hear anybody talk about those things anymore. And I'm. I guess a little old school, like I still wish I could go see Captain EO a hundred more times because I loved it and I'm going to miss it's tough to be a bug. I'm glad that it's still going to exist in Florida so that, you know, maybe one day if I go there, I can, I can experience it again, but I don't think they'll build any more attractions like that at all. I think that vehicle for entertainment is done. And Mm -hmm. I think they'll use those strictly for previews. And I could see one or two of them going away at some point. Like, I think the Bugsland Theater will not be a theater anymore. I know I theorized about it being an Ant-Man 
attraction show, but I, I really, I've thought about it. I don't think they'll make it a, a movie type show. What if they did do a show kind of like they have on the Disney cruise lines where they did yeah. like, let's say like a Jedi Academy and they repurposed the theater for something like that. I mean, I could see them if they were to do that in Tomorrowland uh, with, well, see, but that's the thing. They're not going to, because I don't think they're going to do any more star Wars plusing of anything once galaxy's edge opens right because then it's gonna be you know why are we creating this thing in two different places you know uh you know there's the argument that that's why star tours might leave and then most people bring up well that's the perfect place to put iron man but then that's the exact same argument because they're building a marvel land in dca so why would they have it a separate attraction in the other park so I do like the idea, though. Sorry to be tangential there, but I do like the idea of making a a show out of it. You know, a Star Wars Jedi Academy type show or something in that theater where you're using the projection and the stage and the seat effects and all the lighting that's in there. Like you could make something that's really fun instead of what was it called? Path of the Jedi, where it's basically just Star Wars movies highlights strung together. And You know, they haven't really made an attraction for that venue since, what, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience? Honey, I Shrunk the Audience was the last thing. Yeah, Yeah, and that was so long ago that that was created. That was back in the 90s that that was created, right? Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I just just think that that format for theme park entertainment attractions is not not part of the future. So I could actually see the the Tomorrowland theater becoming something completely different. That's my hope. I hope that it's nearing the time when they'll focus on reinvesting in Tomorrowland and remaking it into something that makes sense again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would hope that they would turn that space into another attraction, another, you know, big restaurant or something, you know, turn it into the food court on the Axiom. And, you know, give us all kinds of, you know, Wally references, you know, that would be amazing. But who knows what they'll do. Yeah. Yeah. I think I understand what you're saying, because, you know, when they first created something like uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience or even the show in the Bugs Land Theater, it was a 4D experience. It was something mm-hmm. brand new that allowed you to step into the film when 3D was already available, but there was a different type of 3D. It was a, a type of 3D where you had the red and blue glasses, you know, and it would kind of offset <laughs> the image. And, you know, it gave you a headache when you were watching it. And it wasn't uh, super inexpensive to create something like that, right? Right. And so these types of theaters that, you know, blew air, you know, at you and the chairs move to give you that feeling of being a part of the film is something that was trying to put you into that space. But now when you have things like VR and Oculus Rift and things like The Void, that's a whole other level of putting you into that space. Yes. So maybe that's what they should concentrate on, bringing the void out of downtown Disney and putting it inside of Disneyland with a type of experience that's, you know, different films or like every year they update it to something, a new type of adventure. You know what I mean? Maybe that's what they should recater it to because 
the way that technology is going, I, I can totally see what you're saying that they're never going to want to use that type of, of, of theater again because it's right. just not useful. We're, we're going to reach a point where regular VR and regular AR will give you those sensations. You know, when you're playing with the PS3, I think it's called the Via, I forgot what it's called, the controllers themselves already have tactic feel where if something vibrates, you feel it in the controller. Right. You know, if you're playing on something like the Switch, it simulates like a little ball rolling around and so as you move it and you're rolling this little metal ball around you you can almost feel where it mm -hmm. is on the switch controllers yeah i man the more i think about it i i totally get what you're saying dude i mean r.i.p to those dear dirts. yeah it really is but i think you struck on a genius idea there because if they can take that area where the bugsland theater is and modify it to be an Ant-Man attraction, but it's an Ant-Man VR attraction brought to you by Disney and the Void. Like that would be amazing. That yeah. I mean, and that's the kind oh. of technology you'd have to use for something like Ant-Man to really effectively shrink you down in a way that you know no attraction has ever done before. I think that could be so much fun. Yeah, yeah. especially after. So I look, I don't know how much people know about Infinity War and stuff like that, right? But apparently, I, is it a spoiler to talk about no. Ant and the Wasp already? Are no. we far enough out yeah, that we could talk it. about yeah. the quantum realms and, you know, I mean, this right here is enough of a spoiler warning. So okay, go, good. go so, ahead. Okay, so in Ant-Man and the Wasp, they talk a little bit about why um, Ant-Man wasn't a part of Infinity War and why he wasn't there and how he survived Thanos' snap and stuff like that. And it has to do with the quantum realm and it has to do with, like, alternate timelines and, you know, going back in time and stuff like that. If that's the story that we're going with in Ant-Man and the Wasp and going into Avengers 4 with that VR experience just takes on a whole new level because then, oh, dude, I'm like, my brain is cranking. <laughs> then all of a sudden, if you can time jump, imagine jumping to a time where, and I know I've joked about this before, but what if you're going through adventures in inner space and you shrink at Disneyland? Yes. Yeah. Huh? It's kind of like a, an homage to old Tomorrowland mm -hmm. and it's kind of, you know, bringing you into new Marvel. Dude, this has to happen. Yeah. I'm so excited about this now. <laughs> All right. We're just going to workshop the whole thing. We're going to boost okay. Sky. We're going to send it to Imagineer. <laughs> and we're going to make this happen. I like it. Man, see, this is why we need to have another armchair Imagineering episode. Right? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Oh, God. I was talking to Sam about coming on the podcast soon and doing another just kind of our own Imagineering, like Blue Skying. Yeah. And he's so excited to come back on. Cool. So we uh, are going to work. Fun. Yeah. Sam, I mean, he's such a creative person. If mm -hmm. you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. I mean, his Twitter handle is uh, CartarSauce. It's a whole story. You should go back and listen to the episodes <laughs> that he's been on. I'll link them in the blog post for the episode. So podcasters.com slash 219. The point is, back when he was working... For entertainment, he would concept out a lot of the parade floats because they would have contests, you know, for cast members. He did this mural in the back where entertainment is and stuff like that. Like he's such a creative person that mm -hmm. he's I mean, if if I could if I could wish anything for for Sam is one day I hope he works for Imagineering. 
because yeah. he's nice. such a creative person. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to have him back. We're going to try to uh, get down a time, you know, soon that we can all just sit down and just have a couple of beers and just, you know, talk Disney, man. It's just, I love doing that. You know, that's why we do this podcast weekly. So, Heck yeah. ah, so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. So speaking of building things, you mm-hmm. know, there's there's a lot of news and a little bit of, I would say, maybe some controversy about, you know, this new hotel that Disney's been talking about building. We recently saw the closure of Rainforest Cafe, the AMC Theater, Earl of Sandwich, ESPN Zone, uh, because we knew that this brand new hotel was going to be erected in that area. Right. But... Uh, there were some changes that Disney was going to make uh, as far as the planning of the hotel. The city of Anaheim didn't see it fit. And all of a sudden, instead of continuing with plans, Disney said, okay, well, we're just not going to build the hotel then. What do you guys think about Disney's decision to halt this hotel production? Well, we know that it was based around uh, tax breaks that Disney was supposed to get over the course of many years uh, with this hotel. And it was a big amount of money, but it's hard for us little people to see a company like Disney, you know, that very recently purchased another company for many, many billions of dollars Mm -hmm. and get a little, I guess, cheap in building a hotel and saying, oh, well, if we don't get a discount, we're not going to put it up then. It's hard to kind of be on Disney's side in that case. On the flip side, they are a business. They're a very smart business, and they know when to invest and when not to invest. So, you know, ultimately, they're probably making the right business decision, but it means that a corner of the Disneyland resort is going to be dark for an undisclosed amount of time. And, you know, some places that a lot of us enjoyed frequenting are no longer there. And, you know, we were already giving that up for a hotel, which many of us may not ever be able to stay at. And it, it's weird. It's, it's kind of disappointing. And, you know, it, it kind of extends the period of time where that end of the resort is going to be either partially or fully under construction. And that always brings with it its own layers of complications when you're trying to arrive or leave the park or meet up with people and things like that. Yeah. And yeah, it's just kind of, it, to me, it's a disappointment. You know, I, I felt like if they really wanted to improve the resort and make it you know, this high level hotel experience that they envisioned, they could they could definitely move forward and do that. It was kind of heartbreaking to hear that they just halted because immediately I thought about everyone who was laid off. And that was the hardest part to be like, this can't be happening because look what happened in June. You know, everybody, it, it was gone. Everyone's mm-hmm. gone. But I, I didn't think that Disney was going to just stop for the sole reason that Galaxy's Edge is approaching very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. They yeah. need this hotel to happen because, you know, look at our parking situation. That's so we're having our, our second, you know, parking structure happening. Yeah, I think it was going to it's going to happen. But immediately the first initial thought was 
man, I was just really bummed to hear everything. But again, I mean, there's no way they were just going to not continue with it. In the past week, especially, there's been a lot of changes in what's been happening, right? As Gavin was saying, the initial fight was over a tax break. And yeah. many years ago, the the Disney company had worked with members of the Anaheim City Council to get a lot of tax breaks for the park that are not normal in these types of situations. But Disney brings in so much money for the city of Anaheim because of the tourism aspect that the city of Anaheim was willing to kind of fold over and make these incentives happen for Disney. A lot of the incentives are getting to a point where they're about to expire um, and Disney really was not in a great situation to negotiate them because for starters uh, in November there's going to be an election for a brand new mayor uh, because I think the current mayor is termed out and there's other members of the city council that don't necessarily agree with some of the kickbacks that the Disney company was getting all those years, you know, as a result of what they felt were really bad decisions of that city council that was running the city at the time. And I mean, there's a lot of things that have been happening for the Disney company in the last couple of months. You know, one of the biggest disputes that they had recently was about wages for the employees at the park. And it's Mm -hmm. becoming a bigger thing because Anaheim voters are going to decide on a proposition in November on whether or not the city minimum wage should be raised to $18 an hour for corporations getting tourism related tax incentives. And Disney is really the biggest contributor to that so if that's the case there's kind of this give and take right they'll get the tax incentives but they have to raise the minimum wage and that's really what you know all these political polls are about it's a little give and it's a little take you know disneyland president josh demaro understands that completely like he's only been on the job for several months but he wrote a letter on tuesday to the members of the city council and he said disney just wants out of the incentivized hotel plan and that was Hmm. a shocking move to even members of the anaheim city council because this is it's a big deal they're they're gonna get taxed on a lot of money if that's the case but it makes sense for Disney to do this because and it makes sense on the city of Anaheim's part to really play along with this as well, because part of the reason that they've been getting these incentives was because the Disney company said, look, we're going to bring in more money by bringing in more tourists because we're going to expand with Cars Land. And they did that. And all of a sudden there was, you know, this resurgence of people coming to the city of Anaheim. We're going to bring Pixar Pier. And all of a sudden there was this resurgence. We're bringing Guardians of the Galaxy. We're bringing Buena Vista Street. And all these new things that the Disney company has been adding throughout the years has been part of this larger plan to bring tourism to Anaheim. Galaxy's Edge is no exception to that. Mm -hmm. Building Galaxy's Edge is not only a a pull as a company for Disney to make money, it's also going to benefit the city of Anaheim by bringing more people to the city. It's going to benefit the surrounding businesses, the restaurants, the other hotels, even if they don't stay on Disney property. So it's worth it for everybody to play ball because everybody's eventually going to win. Do some people win more than others? Of course. That's why the city council is so bothered by how Disney has been basically winning in their eyes more than the city council has. But 
if it wasn't for Disneyland, there wouldn't be that tourism in Anaheim. Right. You know, yeah. and if some deal isn't made, Disney doesn't have to continue building out Disneyland as a business. There are plenty of other cities across the U.S. that would be willing to take that Disney money and say, build a third park. Mm-hmm. Build something else that's Disney related. Expand Walt Disney World. Build a park in another part of the world. And Disney will do that. They don't have to expand Disneyland. Right. You know? And I think that's why the city of Anaheim is more open to playing ball the way that Disney would want to because they understand that they still do bring in a lot of money even though Disney's not paying taxes on on a lot of those things. And really this entire thing was about the a, a ticket tax. You know, on ticketing, on taxing the tickets that they sell or, you know, the the passports to get into the park. That's mm-hmm. where this all started. So yeah, I mean I believe that by the time that we get to the November election, a lot of this stuff is already going to be or mostly fixed. I don't think that the idea of we're not going to get this hotel is going to go on very long. Like Mm -hmm. I said, the city of Anaheim knows what they have in the Disney company and the Disney company knows that if they don't have, you know, friends on the city council, it's just going to make life worse for them. And they're going to lose money as well, because if they don't have people to stay or park when things like Galaxy's Edge opens, people won't go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it they have to play ball to get this situated and they will. You know, I don't know how long it's going to take. I mean, if they went into litigation for something like this, imagine how much more money they would spend just going to court over it. Right. Right. You know, yeah. it's wasted time and money. So it's I got to say, it's kind of an unprecedented way to handle it. Like, I've never seen someone at the Disney company do what Josh Jamaro did. And I have mm-hmm. to kind of commend him for it because I think his quote was I had it written down here. Um it says, good friends will not always agree. However, the current level of animus is unprecedented and counterproductive. And nice. I agree. Yeah. You know, I completely agree with that. If if they're not looking out for each other, nobody's going to make any money because people are just right. going to get fed up with it. And they're just going to go to, I don't know, Six Flags. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Maybe not Spray Farm. I don't yeah. Know. But you know what I'm saying. Right. So. Uh, We're going to keep an eye on this situation because it is interesting that Disney took that approach. I'm glad that they did because they need to get started if they're expecting the crowds and crowds of people that are going to start camping out next month for Galaxy's Edge. They're going to need a place to stay (laughs) next month. (laughs) Uh, So true. Uh, so, but we we do need to have a future discussion on where else in the U.S. and around the world they could build a Disneyland resort or a Disney resort. Oh, that resort. would be a good discussion. That, that should yeah. be another one of our topics because mm. I have thoughts. Ooh, <laughs> Disneyland Alaska. Not one of my thoughts. 24 hours of Disney. <laughs> 24 hours of night. <laughs> or Disney daylight. That's true. <laughs> or daylight. <laughs> All right, guys, I think that's where we're going to end today's episode on that note of where we're going to build our Disney park next. It's like Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah. But Disney style. Mm Mm-hmm. I miss that game. More fully themed. I miss that game so much. (laughs) I loved it. 
All right, guys, I think that's where we're going to end this episode because, quite frankly, I need to rest after the chalk walk. Yes, I know that I had a whole night to rest yesterday. Not enough. But guess what? It wasn't enough. (laughs) I was dragging at work so bad today. (laughs) It was was not fun. So, yeah, I think once we're done, I'm going to hang out for a little bit and just go to sleep. So, before we wrap up... up, I do want to remind you guys that this episode of Pocketeers is brought to you by listeners just like you. We like to call those listeners our fairy godparents, but they like to call themselves the FGP squad. Why? Because they are awesome. That's why. Through their support via Patreon Monthly, they help make these episodes happen, and we love them for that. If you would like to become a part of the FGP squad, you can find more information over at Pocketeers.com FGP. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a part of the FGP squad. But for a contribution of $5 or more, you will also get the exclusive Fairy Godparent button. Pocketeers.com slash FGP is where you can go for more information. If you shop on Amazon, a great way to help us out is by going to Pocketeers.com slash Amazon before your next purchase. Because on that page, you can see a big Amazon button. And I'm not talking like, oh, it's like four words worth no it's a huge amazon button that takes up the whole page <laughs> side to side it's it's just a big button why did we make it so big because at first it was just a joke and then <laughs> we realized that you can't miss it if it's such a big button and so now we rely on the big old amazon button at pocketeers.com amazon so the next time you're going to place a purchase start off there click the button You'll get taken to Amazon using our special link and we'll get a small commission as a thank you from Amazon because we mentioned them on the podcast and you took the time to go to that clickety clickety part and go to Amazon and do that by bitey, by buying, 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 you know what I'm talking about. You bought something and you're using Amazon Prime and you got it in like two days. And by the way, if you don't have Amazon Prime, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, you're crazy if you don't. And on that same page, podcasters.com slash Amazon, you'll see a link to sign up for a free trial of Amazon Prime. If you've never had it, try it out. Use our link. You get a free trial of it. You're going to love it. And if there's only one thing that you have to buy, you can cancel it. But at least you got it in two days because you signed up for our free trial of Amazon Prime. Yep. Give it a try. You're going to love it. I guarantee it. You're going to be like, I need to keep this forever because I need toothpaste tomorrow. And I don't want to go to the Target. (laughs) I'm just going to order it through Amazon. Man, I'm tired. <laughs> uh, again, if you guys want to find us on any of the social networks, just search for at Podcateers. And if you want to find out all of our personal social links, head over to podcateers.com slash team. Did I forget anything? I'm sure I did. I'm trying not to good. yawn. Good. I think we're just all I'm, tired. I'm really <laughs> trying not to yawn. I started talking faster. I know, I'm sorry. Because I'm trying not to yawn. And, I mean, I want a beer, but I can't have beer. (laughs) Oh, bother. All I wanted was a beer. (laughs) I'm sure he never said that. (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine. You're like, oh, man, I just wanted some chicken wings. (laughs) Maybe a burger. Oh, no, they forgot the bacon. (laughs) Okay, we got to end this. I got to get some rest. So until next week, here is to beer shoes and make your ears 
have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. Made you look. <laughs> <laughs>